Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Thursday, June 3rd. Wherever you are, my friends, I wish you every good grace. I wish you every good blessing. I wish you certainly to experience on some level, intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, the embrace, the goodness, the nearness, the love, the grace of our God today. We celebrate, uh, brothers and sisters, another memorial today, uh, like we did uh, just a couple of days previous. That doesn't change our readings for today. It's not a major feast day, but it is the memorial of uh, St. Charles Luanga and Companions. And I'll speak just briefly about uh, Charles and uh, and what experience he went through, uh, he and his companions, and how they witnessed to the gospel, but we'll do that at the end. In the meantime, we will continue sequentially. We'll pick up right where we left off yesterday with the gospel. We are in Mark chapter 12. Today, a bit brief, a bit more of a brief gospel, verses 28 to 34, okay? So let's break open God's word once again together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, Which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, This is the the first is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You are right in saying he is one and there is no other than he. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered with understanding... He said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to ask him any more questions. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, again, let's set the context because it's important for us to remember. You know, Jesus has been teaching here, right? And he's in Jerusalem, and uh, one after the other after the other, people are coming up and challenging him. If you remember on Tuesday, it was the Pharisees and the Herodians, right, wanted to entrap him by asking him about paying taxes. They didn't want to enter into dialogue with him. They didn't want to encounter him. They simply wanted to put him in a corner and have him choose between the people and the Romans because he's going to lose either way, right? It was a confrontation. So he barely catches his breath from that. And yesterday's gospel, the Sadducees, again, immediately in in Mark's gospel, so it's the next verse. But one can imagine immediately after they're done and they go away, realizing, dang, we didn't entrap him, the Sadducees try to entrap him. They not only try to entrap him, they mock him in the question, 
which was about uh, resurrection ultimately, but they used the story about marriage, right? What if one brother dies, having married somebody, no children, the second brother does the same, third, all seven brothers. I mean, create this silly story and they mock him. And he talks about what the kingdom of heaven is like and it's not like, and ultimately talks about resurrection, which is the real question, and, and lets them know they're misled about about resurrection, that God is a God of life. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not was. Well, so again, you can just sense that, that he's catching his breath from that encounter. And here comes a scribe. Remember that the Sanhedrin is made primarily of those two parties, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, but also the scribes and the elders. These were the lawyers. These were the thinking people. The scribes knew the law really well. And when I say the law, I mean the first five books of Scripture. Again, Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and uh, Deuteronomy, uh, what they called the Book of Moses. So the scribe now comes to him. And again, it doesn't look like a confrontation in the gospel, but based on the setting within Mark's gospel, you can probably figure it was that the scribe is coming now. So here we've got, in a sense, this country bumpkin who comes down from Galilee, which that's what that was thought of. Galilee was in the north. Remember, Israel wasn't that big, probably went, you know, from what I say, Green Bay down to Chicago, uh, if you're in the Wisconsin area. So, you know, I don't know how many miles that is. Let's say 150 miles in length and, and maybe it was 50 miles in width. So maybe went from Lake Michigan to, to Lake Winnebago. And Galilee would have been in the north. It would have been the north country, say Sheboygan up to Green Bay. And they were country bumpkins. Jerusalem was the, the, the city in the south, so it wouldn't be as far south as Chicago, maybe Kenosha, Racine, uh, maybe even Milwaukee, but that was the, the cultural center, that was the religious center. And this country bumpkin from the north was down here in our territory now. And, uh, and, and I suspect, again, I'm throwing this on him, but I think it's realistic that he's coming up here and confronting and saying, okay, you think you know the law, you're a preacher, which is the first of all commandments? And Jesus nails it, right? The first is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. But he doesn't stop there. He says the second is like it. He gives, he gives another commandment with it. The second, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. And there were in the law, in these five books of the, the Old Testament that I mentioned to you, there were like 613 laws. There, there, were, there weren't just the Ten Commandments. There were tons of them. And Jesus made all of these succinct. He's saying these two encapsulate everything. You don't need to know any more than that. And here's the beautiful part of this interaction. And this is where it's different, brothers and sisters, than the Pharisees and the Herodians and the Sadducees. They were there for confrontation and debate and to corner Jesus and make him look bad and mock him and, and, uh, and not learn from him. But the scribe, not so. The scribe's like, well said, teacher. 
you are right in saying, and then he repeats that he is one and there is no other, and to love your neighbor as yourself, that all these things are worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. He encountered Christ in the midst of that. So even though he came, probably asking Christ to prove himself, maybe in front of the crowds, but certainly to him and to the other scribes of the law, he, he had an openness of spirit. And when Jesus answered as he did in and through the Spirit, the scribe was able to hear that, to see that, to accept that, and his heart was moved and changed, and Jesus knew it. How does he know it? Because he says to him, you are not far. When Jesus saw that he answered, meaning the scribe answered with understanding, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And that ended the debate. Nobody dared ask him any more questions because he could tell who was open to being a disciple and who was not. Brothers and sisters, when God looks at our heart, does he see an openness of spirit? Somebody who is open um, to that encounter? I mean, that's really all he's looking for. That's really all he needs. You know, forgive me, I've used this example, and it's a dumb example, but I've used it with my confirmation students, and I've said it in this podcast before. When I talk to my confirmation students, and, and I have an interview with them before they're, they're confirmed, I talk about all God needs, and I use the door. I say, if the door is shut, you know, God can't get through there because, because we've shut that off. We've shut God's presence off through our act of the will. We keep God on the other side because we don't desire him here. But if we open that door, even a crack, even a crack, it doesn't have to be wide open. If it's wide open, hey, the spirit can rush in and that, that dialogue, that encounter can happen much easier and much quicker. But even if we have it open a crack, God can use that crack. That's all God needs. That's that starting spot, that we start there with that crack, and God can take that fissure, and he can open it more and more and more. But it has to be open. I suspect the scribe here started only with it being open a crack. But by the end of this encounter, the two of them were in harmony. The two of them were in one of one voice and one mind. And what did that one voice and one mind say? Listen, brothers and sisters, because this is really the important part, right? When, when the scribe asked him, what is the, the, uh, the heart of the law? What is the greatest commandment? Jesus replies with the Shema. But, but you know, it's, it's beautiful. What is the first word? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You know, I think most of us, when we think of prayer, think of talking and, and speaking to God. And so when Paul reminds us to pray without ceasing, we think, how on earth can we do that? How can I talk to God constantly? But I don't think that's prayer at all. And I don't think the Jewish people did either. Hear, O Israel. First and foremost, before we speak, hear, O Israel. Hear that the Lord our God is Lord alone. Listen. Open ourselves to that presence. The scribe opened himself. At some level, he heard the, the Spirit of God through Jesus' retort. We know that because his heart was moved. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your, your heart, 
everything and that the, every every bit of loving that we do to our spouses to our children to our our companions to our our coworkers to to a situation to the poor whoever it is that first and foremost has to start because God is the very foundation of that love because we have heard and God's presence is within us only when that is true can we love can we truly love otherwise it's all out of our own agenda right Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, meaning at the very foundation of who we are, the base of who we are, the ground upon which we stand. That's our soul. The base of that has to be God. With our, our mind, all of how we think, everything of, 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 of what comes forward in how we encounter the world in our mind and, and therefore in our words and all these things, um, Let's make sure that the base of that is, is, is our contemplation of God and our strength, all our actions. So our, our loving, our thinking, our speaking, our actions all come from that base, that ground of our being, that soul, that ground upon which we stand, which is God, that centers around God. And the very act of what Jesus says is, and the second is like it, that we shall love our neighbor as ourself. That again, we cannot love one another. We cannot love ourselves without first having that base of knowing who we are. That you, brothers and sisters, you, my friends, right now are, are and carry the dignity of God because you carry the image and likeness. That you are not a mistake. Right where you are, how you are, in whatever situation you are in, you are not an afterthought of God, nor am I, because of God's good grace. It is all gift. And that's all we have to do is remember that. And when we know that, that we are not mistake, that we are not forgotten, that we are not, you know, fringe and out there, that we are at the very heart of God because of God's great goodness, that we can love because of that. Only as a God is our foundation. And when we do that, brothers and sisters, we become in harmony with those, like the scribe, who live and move and have their being in a similar manner. These were two people who came together in opposite manners at the beginning of this conversation, and by the end of it, they were one. Isn't that the deal? Only God can, can make us do that. But the scribe had to be open to God. So do we. So do we. If we are going to love truly ourselves, our neighbors, we first and foremost have to be open to that spirit of God. Let's talk about Charles Luanga. I'll only talk about it for a minute. He deserves far more and, and his companions. Um, but the truth is, I don't know a lot more. Uh, and so Charles Luanga lived in Uganda, and it was late 1800s. So relatively recent within our canon of saints. And um, he rose uh, and, uh, and was preached the gospel through uh, two members of a, uh, the court of a certain chief, and I could try to say the names of the chiefs, but I do terribly well, so you, or terribly poorly, so you're just going to have to trust me. Um, but he, but he, he, he received the gospel, and he, and he, and he grasped it, and he embraced it through these members of the court. So he himself got to be on the court, and he was an assistant to all the pages who served the next chief that came along. And this next chief asked all the pages to serve him as chief in, in these homosexual erotic acts that this chief needed. 
And Charles Luanga stood in the gap in between that and protected these pages from doing that. And what that earned him was imprisonment, uh, along with all these pages who wouldn't do that. And, uh, and it was within the, uh, in the confines of the prison that he brought the gospel to these other young uh, pages, ages 13 to 30, that he was protecting. And, um, and they, again, gravitated and grasped and embraced the gospel in a similar manner. And in 1886, I believe it was June 3rd on this day, uh, he was uh, burned at the stake for his witness, for holding fast to the gospel. Um, again, a modern-day witness that says, listen, as important as life is, as important as being in this court is, uh, I can't give up my dignity and integrity uh, for something that I cannot stand for. And, I, and, I, and, and not only that, but to protect others from falling into uh, a behavior or a situation which would harm them uh, that was worth it to Charles. And so we honor him today. So we ask for his prayers as well. So let's uh, bring those prayers before uh, that canon of saints, including Charles Alunga and his companions. Uh, and let's lift all those up and trust that our God can, can and will do precisely what needs to be done with them. And so, my friends, let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The uh, fourth glorious mystery, the Assumption of Mary. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. St. Charles Luanga, pray for us. God's peace, my friends. Have a wonderful Thursday, and I look forward to breaking open God's word with you once again tomorrow. God's peace.